everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Beelan from Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We are privileged to have with us former top 30 singles player on the WTA Tour. This guest was a participant of all major slams, reaching the third round in the French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. Her accomplishments include winning one title on the WTA Tour, where she defeated two-time slam winner and former number one in the world, Amelie Moresmo. She also represented her country, Slovenia, in both Fed Cup and at the Olympics. After this guest's professional playing days were over, she has focused her time on teaching tennis. She's currently a colleague of mine. Please welcome to the pod, Tina Piznik. Tina, thank you so much for taking some time uh, out of your day and, and talking us through your tennis journey. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. So, I mean... Obviously, and we see you, we can follow you on Instagram. I know you're pretty active on that social media uh, vehicle. You've been back on the court, obviously, more than was in March and April, where you know, pretty much stopped. I'm, uh, I mean, I know you love to teach. I know you love putting in the hours. It's a lot better now than it was in March and April, huh? So I did have a lot of time in March and April to be a little more active on social media and um was making a lot of videos actually at my house in the basement driveway and all that so I was a bit more active then I am spending way more time on the court now and I'm a little less active there but um yeah very very active on the court putting a lot of hours in and for sure happy, and happy that things are somewhat back to normal yep and of course as we all are we're, we have our proper protocols in place it's good that tennis generally is um, social distancing just how it is but always having the proper um, safety protocols in place so that's great so uh, you had quite a career and now you're doing great work on the teaching side I want to kind of start with your journey from the beginning I know you came from a competitive uh, family or your dad was very competitive soccer player how did you get started in tennis um, I think I, I mean, it was very popular there. So we had like tennis school and 400 kids signed up for a tennis school. So I was one of them. But I feel like if there was a women's or girls soccer team that I would end up in soccer, but it just wasn't, it wasn't a thing. I did spend a lot of time with my dad at his practices. And then when he became a coach, I would go and be with the boys. But, you know, it was never a team and I really liked competing and it was all about you know, even when I played tennis, it was for me hard to practice just cross courts and down the lines or, you know, figure eights. I was super excited when a coach said, okay, let's play, you know, team 21 or let's play points and let's play sets. So um, that's how I ended up being in tennis. Um, how old but, were you when you started? So I was, a, I was, I started as a gymnast when I was really young because my mom was a competitive gymnast. So that's, that's, that was actually my no, soccer was my first sport because my dad would put a soccer ball in, at my feet when I wasn't walking yet. <laughs> and then I would do, yeah, and then I would go into gymnastics for a little bit. And then when I went to uh, first grade, so I was like six and a half years old, um, they opened up this registration for tennis school and my dad signed me up and it was, you know, nowhere. We never thought I would go pro or anywhere. It was just, you know, I was super active and it was structured and she had somewhere to go and you know, she can get some energy out and that's how I got stuck with tennis. Perfect. Well, it worked out quite well. I mean, you, you we're going to get to your pro career in a bit. You turned pro at 18 years old. You obviously had a good junior career to turn pro at 18 and do as well as you did. What were some of the highlights in your junior career? 
I was very fortunate to have a very passionate tennis coach when I was super young. So he would have like four or five girls that would take us all around Europe playing the um, 12s, the 14s. Um, and then I started playing ITFs, um, played the Grand Slams of the ITFs, and then um, finished my junior career as a winner of the Orange Bowl at the end of the year and number one. So that was kind of like, okay, now it's time to, you know, move on and, and go pro. And college was not something really that you were looking into. You had your sights set on pro, you know, like, like you said, you turned pro at 18. Yeah. So, um, I did get a lot of offers after winning the orange ball, but, um, that was, I mean, that was kind of B plan if things didn't work out. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to be competitive. I wanted to go pro. I wanted to travel. I, you know, watch tennis on TV and, and want to be part of the tour. So that was the direction I was, you know, working towards too. Got it. And uh, your career spanned from 1998 to 2005. 1999 was really your breakthrough year. You jumped over 300 spots uh, into the top 100. What clicked? I mean, 1999, that's really your second full year on tour. What clicked during that year to make that huge jump? I had a really interesting start to my career. I was, um, after I won the Orange Ball, I moved to uh, Rick Macy Tennis Academy um, to train. And um, there was, at the club, there was a sign for three qualities for the um, Miami Open. So I haven't played a tournament for a while. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a local now. Let's sign up. So um, I went to play pre qualities, not really knowing what that means. I just wanted to get some matches in. And then I won nine matches in pre qualities, which granted me a wild card into the qualities. And um, I qualified. I won three qualifier matches wow. and won a first round in the main draw and then lost to Conchita Martinez in the second round. So that was my first tournament. And then um, some like management group noticed me there and offered me a wildcard into the Qualis to Amelia Island. And um, so then I just went straight there, won three rounds in the Qualis, won a round in the main draw, and lost to Lindsay Devonport. So that was my second tournament. And that's how basically I started. Wow, that's um, how you back. make that jump. You start early and you have good results. I mean, that's, that's how you make a jump over well over 300 spots quickly. Yeah, it, was, it, it just clicked. It was, you know, being at the yeah. right time at the right place. It wasn't, you know. Um, and you see, I mean, you, you see people stuck at that 400, 500 level. If they don't have those quick starts right away, um, it's that they get stuck in that 400, 300, 200 level and they can't get out of it. That's great great start by you and you said Lindsay. Lindsay had a really really good start when she when she first started i think she, one of her main tournaments when she was really young was indian wells and i think she did really well in indian wells maybe her first year on tour i could be wrong on that but i remember that she did really really well early and that's how you get a great great start in your career that's awesome so you were top 30 in singles, top 65 in doubles. You participated in all of the slams. Um, you made the second round in Australia third round in the French, again, losing to Conchita Martinez. So you played her a few times. Um, Wimbledon lost to Anka Huber. And then in US, at the U.S. Open, third round match. This is the one that I think may have hurt the most. You were so, so close to the round of 16. Um, Scavone beat you 7-5, 7-6. I think that second set breaker was maybe 11-9. Did, yeah, I mean, Did you have set points in that set? I still remember that match. We were just going at each other, slicing, coming in. It was, you know, it was fun. Uh, adrenaline was going. I, uh, 
I was pretty bummed after that, but and this was probably the first time I had beer at, right after the match. We had um, in the locker rooms they they were it was beer there, so I just had like I had first to have time it. you I ever taste first time you ever yes. tasted alcohol. Yeah, and you were over <laughs> by the way for the listeners. Tina was over twenty. It was it was legal. It was legal. <laughs> <laughs> what what is uh what was your favorite slam to play? I mean, it's super hard for me to say because I grew up on clay, so I liked French Open. It was, you know, it was it was my surface. Um, it was grass. It was my surface as well because I would just transition to serving in Bali. Loved coming in, hitting slices. So I enjoyed, you know, playing on grass, which is kind of weird because it's completely the opposite to clay. Um, then U.S. Open, you know, it's Manhattan. It's, you know, it's, it's just, you know, 24-7 action. It's super fun. And then I think at the Australian Open, they just take care of the players the best. You know, it's just, um, they're super friendly and offer a lot. And so it's, it's kind of hard to say, but my, my goal or my dream was to win Wimbledon. Um, that's what I was always Did dreaming you- of, even when I was little. Did you ever play grass growing on grass growing up other no, than like you said, no. the junior Wimbledon or whatever? No, even when I was a pro, it was like three, four weeks a year. And that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, at least at the slams, you were consistent on all services. And that says a lot. <laughs> um, I remember when I was, when I was growing up, a lot of players that loved clay after the French open and grass was different back then than how it plays now. They wouldn't even go over and play Wimbledon because yeah. they knew they had no chance. They just would skip. I was looking forward to it. I love serving volleying and coming in. So yeah. Awesome. Um, I also want to talk about you representing your country, uh, both in fed cup and the Olympics. The Olympics was 2000 and 2004 fed cup, you know, that every time you were, you qualified, you played basically talk about those experiences. Yeah. Cause that's gotta be super, super cool representing your country. So um, we were, like, my generation was the first one to actually qualify in the world group in Fed Cup, and we hosted the U.S. Um, in Slovenia, so that was a big deal and super fun to have all of these big names coming over and play them in front of the home crowd. Um, who was on the I U.S. team? team. Who was on the U.S. team at the time? Around? It was Martina, Lisa, Raymond, uh, Venus, and not sure who the fourth player was, okay. but, um, cool. yeah, but it was, yeah, it was, you know, just fun having them there, such a small country. It was a big deal. And, you know, playing them, we, we didn't really have a big tournament, um, at home. So, you know, home crowd could never see us play at home. It was either on TV or, you know, if, if we were able to be online somewhere, but that was the first time. And it was you know super exciting to be, be able to perform before in front of them. Um, and I, I love team environment. You know, it's just, it's a different animal when you have, you know, four or five people behind you every point and you're playing not just for yourself, for, for, the, for the team, for the country. Um, so I was, yeah, I really enjoyed those weeks. Um, and the Olympics and, as well. And then Olympics is just, you know, being, being, it wasn't for me so much about tennis then because you do spend a lot of time with you know top players at, at the grand slams and other tournaments but it's just like all other sports and all other countries and it's just intense and insane and you know would would go back if in a heartbeat if i could i think every athlete that has participated in the olympics when i ask them about their experience they basically echo what you said it's not so much their particular sport that they were competing at it was the opening ceremonies it was being around all these other like you say insane athletes um, and going to events, it was just the overall experience, which is something that um, you never ever get taken away from your life. Super, yeah. super cool. 
Yeah. So um, obviously you had a good career and unfortunately, and it happens to a lot of players and it's, it's got to be extremely frustrating. Um, injuries um, cut, cut your career short. And, you know, I can let you go into detail on what that frustration was like if you, if you want, or we can kind of go into um, your love for teaching, which you went into pretty quickly. Um, and then you kind of got out of it. You got into teaching pretty quickly in your home, con- in your home country, Slovenia. And then you kind of got out of it a little bit, um, did something completely outside the world of tennis, knew that was not for you, which for me, that, there's, there's no shame in doing that. A lot of times it's seeing what you don't like to try to figure out what you do like. Um, so kind of talk about um, how your career ended and then the transition into teaching and how much you love it so much now. So, yeah, so, um, you know, growing up, like I wasn't um, very fortunate with having sponsors or a lot of money. So it was all about, you know, finger, figuring things out, maybe join another team to, you know, have someone to hit with or coach look at you or stuff like that. So after that breakthrough and, and getting to the top 30, I kind of felt, okay, I have budget. I can afford like a full-time coach traveling with me, maybe bring a fitness coach with me uh, or a trainer and, and, and really give myself a, you know, a shot at top tennis. So um, playing the Los Angeles tournament in 2004, I had a, I won my first round and then um, next day I was supposed to play a night match against Vera Zvonareva and we had a practice in the morning at the club and going back to the hotel, um, we got into a car accident with the official driver from the tournament. So um, I hurt my neck pretty bad at that point and um, ended up having a surgery a few years after that because things just didn't get better. Um, so that basically ended my career, um, having a neck surgery and that accident. Um, it was, it was a big bummer. I mean, I was really going at it and giving myself a chance and, um, was tough. Like, I'm not going to lie. It was, you know, my career ended from today to tomorrow, um, it wasn't on my terms. It was like, okay, I, have, I don't find motivation. I have no goals. I, you know, it's hard for me to train. I just, I just started it basically. And, uh, it was, it was tough for a few years, for sure. Depression, um, trying to figure out what to do next, having pain, um, you know, wasn't just like, okay, I don't play now. I'm going to do other things. But I was like day to day battles with, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong and how to move forward. So then ended up, um, I started coaching a little bit, but at the same time, I wanted to see if there's something else that I would maybe like better than tennis. Cause I did struggle coming on court, just having not, you know, working through things yet with like how my career ended. So I did go and work in the office, which I can hundred percent say that's something that I don't want to do in my life. And I, I'm glad I had that experience because now I know that this is not for me. So then I, I, then I went back to tennis and I had my own club, um, which was fun and a great experience. But at the same time, it was difficult to be, you know, the owner, the boss, the, the maintenance guy, the coach, the, the, the everything. And, and, you know, um, I just said, I just want to coach. I want to be, I want to be a coach. And I love doing that. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe, maybe even more passionate about it than I was as a player. Like I, I really love doing this. And um, I also had a, so I, then I tried and I had a coffee place, which was another great experience, but it's not, um, 
it's not something I know how to do. So, you know, it's one step forward, three steps back. And, you know, it's just kind of frustrating when you don't know what you're doing. It was fun, good experience, but I wouldn't do it again. Um, Right. So, yeah. You were were the Fed Cup captain, though, for a couple of years, too, right? Yeah. So then, yeah. So I went from there. I, I was coaching on tour a little bit. I was in my club and then I was a Fed Cup captain for two years. Um, that was just before I moved here to the States. Okay. And now you're here in the States. You've been here for about five years. Um, everything's going well as far as, you know, what, what we've discussed, what I see, what you're posting. I know the kids love working with you. Um, and I know you just again in talking with you and seeing what you're doing, you, you see the passion. I mean, it oozes out of you when you see when you're showing what you're doing on social media and everything. And uh, you, you, you bring the energy every single time and it, and it rubs off on the kids. I, I know that. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm very passionate about tennis. And if uh, every time I said it, if, I, if I'm not going to be able to give my 110% when I step on the court, um, I need to find something else to do. And I was like that as a player and now even more as a coach. And I really enjoy what I'm doing. And I really love to see how kids pick up on it and, and carry that. And it's not always just about tennis. It's, it's also, you know, that's, that's for life. And, and I do make uh, relationships that I like to think that are going to go, you know, past tennis, past my coaching or their playing. Um, so it's, it's super fun. And I, I really, really enjoy it. That's the best part best part of it is the beyond the tennis stuff my question for you and I asked this um to some other guests as well for those that played at the elite level um a lot of those will like go to academies or start or stay on tour coaching on tour with the elite professional players was it an adjustment for for you to come back and and you work with with good players but when I'm talking your level you were elite of the elite I mean top 30 in the world was that an adjustment for you? Did you ever say, look, I want to continue to work with, you know, professional type players? Or was this something where you, you were looking forward to kind of broaden your horizon, broaden your horizon, excuse me, um, and, and teach kids that are, you know, good tennis players, may play in college, may not play in college, but good athletes, but not, they're not going to be at that super elite level. So I did, I did go on tour a little bit and I, I did enjoy it. Um, it's fun. It's completely different animal to, you know, developing players and, and starting them off. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in good fundamentals. And um, I really found myself in problem solve, right? Cause like there's kids that I come and see and teach every day. There's always a glitch. It's always something to work on. It's not so much about tactics yet, but it's, it's more about, you know, technical stuff. And I love to see their progress and I love to see where we are. Okay. Now, you know, forehand backhands look okay. Let's move on. Now we talk cross court higher over the net, pull an angle, come in, you know, and, and just that development. I really, really enjoy it. And it's fun. And I, I mean, I, I, I like coaching on tour too it's not that you know I hated it or I don't want to do it but I really found myself and that passion in developing kids it's it's fun awesome well thanks uh thanks for taking you know a little bit of time of your day and kind of walking us through your jersey uh, sure. journey this was fun a lot of fun for me it, it always is because again I love hearing the the different journeys of our guests there no two are ever the same it's always different <laughs> 
and that to me is the fun part. And, uh, you know, it's great that we're colleagues now and, and I see what you're doing. I love what you're doing and keep at it. Hopefully we'll all get through this crazy virus sooner rather than later. Stay safe. Have all your students stay safe and Thank uh, you. keep at it because you're doing awesome work. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Stay safe, no problem. Guys. We'll talk soon. I'll see you soon.